Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Joe, thank you for having me. Oh, you went, thank you. You you expanded it a little I bit. I went a little, it was a little more formal. A little more formal, which I like. Yeah. You've, you've, been, you've been leaning in that direction. I have. Uh, I, I, I thought that our rapport was getting too familiar. You know, <laughs> I didn't want our rapport to get too, like, lazy. So Stale I went a little, and la- yeah, exactly, exactly. Going the other way now. I like that. Uh, all right, well, we're doing our draft today, but I have a question for you because it's been... It's been on my mind, and I'm embarrassed that it's been on my mind, but it is. It's been on my mind, uh, and I'm really curious how you'll respond to this. So here's my question for you. All right. Um, and by the way, it's been on my mind for me. It's not necessarily been on my mind for you, but I am curious your reaction. All right. In the world today, so we're not talking about history or whatever. We're talking about in the world today. Can you name, like, the person who you would be most freaked out to meet? <laughs> <laughs> I know this is this is weird, and and maybe the answer is nobody. Maybe there's like maybe you've reached that stage in your life where no matter who you met, you would not be freaked out to meet them. But is there like in your mind, and and obviously there's a reason I'm asking this question. Well, you mean does freaked out imply in in any direction, like positively or negatively? Or... Yeah, yeah, no, in a good way. I'm not freaked in a good out way. like okay. like oh, this person's going to kill me. That would be different. Sure. Um, no, I mean freaked out in like a positive way. Uh, I'm sure there's an answer to this. Um, uh, I would say maybe. Oh boy, uh, it's well, probably not a person that most people would be freaked out to meet, and that's. Just because I have met a, uh, I've met or worked with many of those people, like yes. I, I started working at SNL with like you know with Jimmy Fallon and Will Ferrell and people like that. So right. I've had the I've had the pleasure of, of already having met them. It would probably be someone like, um, like George Saunders, who's a writer who just published sure. a novel called Lincoln and the Bardo that is uh, my favorite book of the last like ten years. Really? See, uh, I, haven't yeah. started, I haven't started it yet. I just oh, got it's, it. Uh, it's amazing. It's it's truly amazing. I, it's uh, it's mind-blowingly great. Um, it's probably someone like that, I would imagine. Why do you ask? Okay, here's why I ask. Okay, so, and I was just thinking about this the other day. Uh, and like you, I mean, in, in obviously in a different way, I've gotten to meet many, many famous people and talk sure. to them and interview them and all that sort of thing. Um, and I was thinking, is there anybody left? Uh, I was actually on... Uh, Mariner Radio yesterday, and they said, is there anybody left that you want to interview, that you haven't interviewed uh, in baseball or in sports? And and it was weird because I couldn't really come up with anybody because, I mean, I've just been lucky enough that I've actually met and, and interviewed a lot of people. And so this led to my mind to this ridiculous thought, is there anybody in the world, if I met, I would be freaked out by meeting them? And I my initial reaction is pretty obvious for me. It's like, well, that would be Bruce Springsteen because obviously... Mm. He's been a huge icon for me. But then I realized that's not an honest answer. I would not be freaked out meeting. I mean, I'd be freaked out, certainly. I mean, I'd be nervous and I'd be excited. But I've been around Bruce Springsteen enough, as, you know, at his concerts. I've been in a couple of press conferences. I mean, I've been around him a little bit. I don't think I would be freaked out. I think I think it would take like a different level of of something to, to make me freaked out meeting somebody, all which leads to the weirdest thing. Uh, part of it, I realized who the person is. I would be most freaked out if I met. Great, um, yeah, and and it's somebody I don't even particularly like. That's what's so weird. <laughs> I can't. I'm so I'm so excited to hear this answer. Yeah, because you will. It will. If I gave you a thousand guesses, you would not get it. So, uh, and I would not have gotten it until I really put some thought into it. The person I would be most freaked out to meet is just Tom Cruise. That is literally the person. <laughs> and here's why. Here's why. And this is what okay. made me think of this. I, I don't lo- particularly like Tom Cruise. I don't uh, know him personally, obviously, but I think he's he's out there. Uh, I'm, you know, some of his movies I like, some I don't like. He's not a particular favorite of mine. But Tom Cruise has been, in my mind, the most famous person probably in like in the for the length of my lifetime. You know, since right. going back to, you know, he was he was really, really famous when I was in high school 
and he's kind of still really, really famous. And there really was not a stretch of time where he wasn't really, really famous. And he uh, is somebody who has been in my, you know, subconscious, you know, just because he's so famous. And I've never even thought about Tom Cruise. I've never thought like, oh, I might meet him someday uh, because he doesn't seem real to me. He seems like he's something beyond that. So if I went to a party and somebody said, oh, I'd like you to meet Tom Cruise, I think that would totally freak me out. I will say this. I've never met Tom Cruise, but I know many people who have, and they all say exactly the same thing, <laughs> which is that they're, that they're freaked out. That like yeah. the experience of meeting him, that he's such a sort of, uh, he's such a star which is yeah. like a dumb thing to say, but that he's such a star that he kind of radiates this kind of energy and intensity. And that's his whole thing. He's like a very intense dude, obviously. Right. But they all say that. They all say that like meeting him is a true sort of experience and that his kind of vibe is really intense and you're, it's very magnetic and you're very sort of like enraptured by him. Uh, and they all say, by the way, that he's extremely nice, that he's very nice and friendly and he's very like, he asks a lot of questions and is very kind of into the experience of meeting anybody else, which I think is a nice quality in a person. That is a nice quality. That is. Yeah. I think I, the person I, I was most freaked out in my life to meet was Bill Russell. I met Bill Russell. At oh, a, see. At a, uh, yeah. yeah. There was a um, an NBC like 75th anniversary party. It, I think he was either that or it was in maybe an SNL, the SNL 25th. I can't remember. And uh, it was at the Rainbow Room in uh, New York City in 30 Rock. And I, and I saw, I, and there were all these people milling around, all these like actors and, you know, uh, comedians and stuff. And it was really cool. But then I saw Bill Russell and like you see Bill Russell because he's Bill Russell <laughs> and also because he's seven feet tall. So he, he just stuck out uh, in the room and I, my heart started pounding. Like it really, yeah, it was a yeah. feeling that you don't have very often, which was like, oh my God, oh my God. And I sort of felt like this is probably my only chance, my best chance certainly to sort of introduce myself. And I went over and just said like, you know, I'm a huge fan of the Celtics and thank you for everything you did uh, for the for the city and for the team and all that stuff. And he, I mean, it is it is like meeting a God. When you meet a basketball player specifically, that you care about. I mean, they're so enormous and so kind of, uh, he's like a giant statue. Yes, <laughs> you know, he's, exactly like an, right. he's like an enormous statue on a, up on a pedestal that you're staring up at. And uh, that was, uh, there few times in my life I've ever had like my, the kind of heart pounding kind of thing. And that was certainly one of them. Yeah. That, see, now I've had that. I mean, I, I, when I was very young uh, in this business, uh, I ended up through weird coincidences sitting on the bench uh, of a of a dugout next to Mickey Mantle and and Mickey Mantle for me I, I don't care about the Yankees obviously that's well well established uh, and I never saw Mickey Mantle play just like you didn't see Bill Russell play right. but you know he's he, he at some point he crossed over into into this you know iconic godlike you know person and and he was clearly i mean hungover i mean it was not it wasn't like the moment like i mean i wasn't it, there was no story there other than him like going hey you know i mean there was it was a lot like my nick cage story um but 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 still just being able to meet him that was sort of the first like super duper famous athlete that i'd ever met uh, and I was, I was completely, my heart was pounding and it was, and it was weird. The Bill Russell thing is interesting on a different level because there are many, many, many stories that I've heard, um, about very bad experiences meeting Bill Russell. Cause Bill Russell's a, is a intimidating guy. Like he's yeah. like, he doesn't like, he doesn't sign autographs. He doesn't put up with nonsense. Um, you know, so he's, he's intimidating. That's a little bit like Bob Gibson when I met Bob Gibson, right. uh, which ended up being, amazing and wonderful and he was so fantastic to me but there is like a you you go up to guys like that and yes they're iconic yes they're heroes but there's also like a little edge like oh, i might just get shot down right here like that could happen yeah and i knew that he was sort of famously grumpy uh <laughs> in that way but i but it's also like th there are very few times it feels worthwhile 
to introduce yourself to someone famous. Absolutely. It just it Absolutely. just never goes well, and it, there's right. no point to it. And and ultimately, it, from a sort of empathetic standpoint, it's oh, it's for you. It's not for them. Like That's in your right. mind, you're like, I want to tell that person how how wonderful he or she is. But really, it's not for them. It's for you, so that you can then say to other people, "Yeah, I met Bruce Springsteen or whatever." Right. But I still, but be, because he loomed so large, literally and figuratively, in the Boston sports world, I really did. Like, I grew up reading. Like, oh, it's yeah. more rings than fingers. That's that's the that's the deal with that guy. It's more rings than fingers, and and so I I felt like as a Boston sports fan, I had probably one chance to just say thank you to him and to to like revere him in person and and I took and he was utterly pleasant and very kind and he shook my hand and it was like a very kind of cool 30 second interaction well that's we've talked about this that's as good as it gets right there because it honestly is if you can say to somebody that you thoroughly admire thank you and exchange like 30 seconds and pleasantries Mm -hmm. that's that's the ideal that's as high as that bar gets All right. Well, I'm glad that we had that discussion. Um, uh, we're going on to our draft, and I, I feel bad because our, our draft was recommended by uh, by one of our uh, listeners, and you know we we treasure our listeners because for them to put up with this is is we we admire that and respect it, and thank you for that. We're also uh, confused I, by it, <laughs> but that's like a personal, private thing that yeah. we have. You know, right. the, the, publicly, we're very proud of our fans. Um, <laughs> so anyway, somebody recommended this week because he, he determined, Hey, I've got something even more meaningless than what you've normally do. Um, and I really respected that. And we we're going to do his draft, but I couldn't even find his name. I like looked through my email and I couldn't even find it. So whoever you are who recommended this draft, uh, we thank you. Um, and if, if at some point we remember your name, we'll, we'll, we'll say it later. Um, but we're drafting road signs. That's what we are drafting this week. Mm-hmm. That's, That's right. It. And I believe I have the first pick this yeah, week. That's right. yep. And I'm going with the only choice you can go with first pick in, in the in road signs draft. I'm obviously taking the stop sign. Um, that was not. I had complete agreement with my scouts. There was there was no scout that went for anything other than the stop sign. Uh, stop sign great for for a lot of things. It's obviously it being red. Uh, separates it from everything else. Uh, I like that it's an octagon rather than a circle. That's like that's there's there, it, it definitely gives it like a definition that I that I think is 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 good. Uh, I like that it's extremely blunt and to the point. There's no ambiguity. It's just stop. That's it. They're not telling you anything else. Just stop. Um, and there's sort of a personal thing, and it's this is really goofy. Um, but when I was a kid. Like really, really young, like eight, eight or nine years old, uh, around that age, um, the stop sign inspired me to write my first joke. That was actually was the stop sign, uh, and I I really remember this. I remember like sort of thinking of it and like, oh, I got to write that down because it's so good. I'm like at nine years old, it's so good. And I'm like, I I thought this joke, and the joke was, um, it was so cold that the stop signs turned blue, and and. <laughs> And I thought, and and I was like, I'm so proud of myself for writing this joke. And I wrote down, it's like the seventh oldest joke in American joke history. I mean, it's not, you know, I I then found out it's like in every joke book, like for kids ever, you know, going back 50 years. So I didn't actually invent that joke, but I did write it. I was, I did not know the joke. So, so the stop sign inspired uh, what would later become a very mediocre writing career. I'm very proud of that. Uh, So no question stop sign number one pick yeah it's a number one pick it's it's like uh you're you're sort of drafting like a offensive lineman here right it's not it's not interesting <laughs> it's, or flashy it's not exciting no no, no it's but it's it's the right move it's, it's the, the left tackle it's the one that's going to prevent your quarterback from getting hurt yeah you t- you took orlando pace number one overall and that's fine it's gonna <laughs> yes. be an important part of your team um, absolutely I uh, this is a very interesting draft because there are fewer kind of iconic signs than you would think as I did yes. my pre-draft research and I'm kind of like I'm not going I'm I'm not going with I'm going to be Al Davis here I'm basically going to go with like like slightly less important to the to like the bedrocks of the team 
sure. kind of picks, but the ones that I just think are like the coolest, you know, okay. like the, the guys who had the best 40 times. I'm picking all the guys <laughs> who had the best 40 times. The guys who are absolutely going to bust in the NFL. You're That's picking right. those yes. guys. Yes. I'm picking Ted Ginn Jr. number nine overall. That's what's <laughs> happening. Um, I, my first pick is wrong way. I love, I love the wrong way sign. First of all, it's so, it's so like curt and impolite because it has to be because if you're going the wrong way, the, oh, there's a huge problem. It's a little bit like the way stop is like the, it's, you know, most, most signs, it turns out are all caps, which I kind of didn't, I, I knew, but I didn't kind of actually internalize until I looked them up. And stop is like the is large, you know, big letters like stop. It's important yes. that you stop. But wrong way is is also all caps. And it's also just it's almost like condescending. Like the, the missing thing on a wrong way sign is it. What it really is saying is wrong way, idiot. Like that's <laughs> that's what you see when you look at the wrong way sign. And I, it's very um, it's very uh, powerful and very sort of punchy. And I when I see it. I it like it's usually red with white letters in the same way that the stop is. So it's like it's a stop sign plus. That's the way I think of it. It's like this you're you, hey dummy, you are going the wrong way. Stop. Don't go back. Don't do this. This is a huge mistake. So I'm going wrong way number 1. You know what? Wrong way is a great sign. And the the other thing I like about wrong way is you can read it two ways. Cuz you can read it the way you're saying, which is I think the way it was intended, which is Hey, wrong way. What, what What are you, crazy? You're going to kill somebody. But it's also like a very sarcastic, like, uh, wrong way. Like, I mean, like, like, <laughs> yeah. what, like, what is wrong with you? Excuse me. Hey, hey, wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's like, uh, so I love the wrong way. So that, I think it's a great pick. And by the way, there was only one in my book. I mean, that's why Stop Sign was so clearly the number one overall choice. I think everything else is kind of a reach. I think they're, they're, every yeah. other sign is like you. You you need it's sort of just you, it's what you like. So I don't I don't think you can make a bad pick necessarily from here. Um, so you know that I think wrong way is a great is a, a very good pick. I'm right. going to go off the board. I got my my left tackle. I'm going off the board um, with my second pick. Uh, I'm going to choose that deer sign. The one that sure. literally, it doesn't even say anything. It just has a picture of a deer on there. First of all, that's, it's so awesome to me that somebody like got paid to paint that deer. Like that was like a job that somebody like, hey, we need a deer. Okay. And then they painted this deer. I love that, that, you know, it's like a little, little piece of artwork. I mean, I, I love that. It's kind of, usually you got like the yellow sign and then the deer on it. And I, I just love, first of all, you know, there, there's not a lot you can do if a deer runs in front of your car. I mean, it's not, you know, I mean, you could obviously be watching out for them, I guess. Um, but it's really more of just a, it's like a, you know, you might run into a deer. That's really what it's saying. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's like, hey, be careful if there's a deer standing on the road, which never happens. Um you know, go around it. That's that's smart. But generally, what it really is saying is, yeah, a lot of deer here. They might run into your car. I'm just, yeah. I'm just, I'm just letting you know in advance. So I love the deer sign. Uh, I also love. I love it because um, you, you're right. There's no. There's nothing you can do. Right. It's, <laughs> you can do. But here. But here's what's happened in the subcategory of signs that warn you about things about which there's nothing you can do. You have just chosen Ken O'Brien, and I'm going to choose Dan Marino. That's what's <laughs> happened. Because my second choice is Falling Rocks. Yeah, I... I, falling, I rocks is, falling Rocks, to me, is the, is the greatest... I mean, if you see a deer in front of you, there's a chance you can slam on the brakes or swerve and avoid the deer. A falling rock comes from above you. Like, there, for, like you see a falling rock sign, that is the worst thing you can see because it's like well at any moment i might essentially be hit by a meteorite <laughs> that's basically <laughs> that's basically what it's saying there's also as i was looking this up there's a there's a, a sort of like uh, on the wikipedia page for road signs which is wonderful and which is now like bookmarked <laughs> on my uh, on my browser because it's so cool uh, under the category where there is uh, the falling rock sign there's also like some um, some state-specific versions of this. And there's one in Idaho that says, occasional blinding dust storms. 
I mean, that is the that's the imagine driving through Idaho and seeing. Well, at any moment, you might be hit with a blinding dust storm. That's amazing. That's almost I'm I'm going to make the claim to Commissioner Goodell that by choosing falling rocks, I also get as a supplementary pick occasional blinding dust storms parentheses <laughs> Idaho and parentheses <laughs> but to me falling rocks is like that that's the ultimate like well there's really nothing i can do and by the way you often see falling rocks like on the on the PCH the Pacific Coast Highway out here in California it's a road that winds it's very very windy and twisty and hairpin turning it goes a, a, essentially the entire length of the Pacific Ocean and you see it, so you're right on the, you're basically on a cliff for a very long period of time when you take the PCH. And there's other roads like this. There's the Devil's Highway in Colorado that I drove, uh, Route 666. It goes southwest, I believe, through, uh, from the Rockies down sort of to the southwest corner of the state. And it's also the same thing. It's just hairpin turn, hairpin turn, hairpin turn. And you see falling rocks signs there. And th so that now you're in the Rockies. So it's even in June or July, it's snowy and icy and incredibly dangerous. And then you see a sign that says falling rocks. And it's like, oh, no, this is clearly how I die. That's what happens is I die. Uh, but that, to, to me, the, the best of all of the there's nothing you can do signs, the deer and the moose and all of those are great. But falling rocks to me is the is the number one pick in that subcategory. Well, the great thing about that is because I did consider taking falling rocks. Um, is that is that after a while, at least in the places I had lived, um, it became fallen rocks. So it's sort of like fallen rocks is like rocks on the road. You could avoid those. Like that's like the deer happening being in the middle of the road. Sure. Um, but now I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, which I am now going to bookmark also. Um, <laughs> the great thing about falling rocks is I've not seen this sign. Maybe you have is because usually I've just seen it with the words falling rocks. But there's a sign, I guess, in California and Vermont uh, where it's literally just a picture of rocks falling on a car. Yeah. Like that's an actual boat, like an actual drawing. They're like, we're we're really not joking. We're not talking about we're talking about your rocks might fall on your car. That's it. There's, yeah. there's nothing that car can do that the rocks are falling on. There's nothing he can do. It's a sort of um, old looking, big, wide, like old 50s Cadillac. Uh, a silhouette, and then there's a sheer cliff face to the right of it, and then there's just little little black dots that little are about to about to crush it into oblivion. <laughs> oh, it's a good pick. It's a good pick. All right, uh, my third pick is, and I this is you know this is sort of along the same lines, uh, is the road slippery when wet sign with the drawing on it, not the not if it says it. Uh, and there, there's there are many reasons why I love this sign. Uh, one is that there, there, if, if you've ever seen it or if you if you go on the Wikipedia page, it's on there. Uh, the car doesn't even look like a car. It's like some sort of like weird. You, it almost looks like it's a car going sideways, really, is what it is. Yeah. Maybe that's what the intention is, but it's it's so poorly drawn. Uh, you know, it's just not up to the standard, I think, that you should have for a road sign. Um, but behind it are the little squiggly lines showing that the road is slippery. This is obviously to indicate that that car had just been out of control. Sure. L love the squiggly lines. That is like the coolest, greatest thing. You see that and you're like, man, I do not want that. I do not want my car to leave little squiggly lines behind it. That <laughs> you don't, no, no words could ever describe the danger and fear and, and hey, I better slow down because I do not want that. That that sign that is a that is a frightening sign. Yeah, uh, the car itself looks like a sort of old four-bit Atari game <laughs> version of a car. It's like it's a black rectangle with two little black squares for tires and then a another rectangle on top of it and then there's a little silhouette of a of a little guy in there. And he's he's just he looks very very placid in, because his car is spinning out of control. <laughs> he's just kind of looking ahead. He's also got his seatbelt on. You can just barely see that there's a little diagonal line coming down from the upper left of the windshield <laughs> rectangle. So it's like, oh good, he put his seatbelt on. He's fine. <laughs> Do you think you think they added the seatbelt later? Like like when the first because yes. this is clearly like a hundred percent fifties. Yes, yeah. in the fifties there was no seatbelt there, and then sometime in the, like the late seventies they were like, well, we should make sure that people see like this might help people. I <laughs> know <laughs> uh, I like slippery one, but that's a good one. Also, it led to you know of course the great Bon Jovi album, slippery one wet. <laughs>
Uh, is, is there a great Bon Jovi album? We don't need to get into it. If right? there is, it's slippery when wet. So, um, all right, I'm going with a. I'm going off the board too. I'm going. This is another Al Davis pick. I'm going uh, Railroad Crossing. Nice. Uh, I love the rail. The railroad crossing is the coolest design. And when I the railroad crossing I'm talking about is the one that where the sign itself is not a square or a circle or an X. It's actually two long, thin rectangles that, that say railroad going down from the upper left to the lower right and then crossing going from the lower that one. You know, That's you know what I'm talking. About. That's the best yeah. one right there with the words. Yeah, um, but they're they're both cool. Um, because the other one, there's also the one that's the circle, the yellow circle with an X in the middle that says RR uh, on either side, which is cool. Um, they're they're all cool. They're all really cool signs. But they, I like, the, I specifically like the white, the white cr- X with the black letters. It's a it's a really cool sign, um, just from a like design standpoint. And it, and it's like it's cool that they, they don't even need really need the word crossing because the X itself symbolizes a crossing exactly right yeah um but yeah that to me design wise that's the coolest one i I think it's a good that the thing that bugs me a little bit about it is that you are you do split up railroad the way that sign is designed you're kind of splitting up railroad so it looks that that looks a little bit weird to me you know i mean you put they decided to put crossing on the top part of the x so it's crossing it just reads right across, but railroad gets split up into rail and road. That that bugs me a little bit. Yeah, I get that. Although I just I just think it looks cool. I just think it's like a cool. It's like it's like it's a it's a um it's unique. Let's say that it's unique in its shape. Yeah, it's really a, it's it's a it's a definitely a cool thing. All right, so that's that's a, a very good pick. All right, with my fourth pick, you know. I, so many there's so many good signs out there in in my book but um <laughs> you're saying this like you're you're gonna let some of them down yeah, you're trying well, to let them down easy like look well, you guys are all great and it's nothing personal <laughs> scouts you know the scouts work so hard for me and and i want all of them to be happy um but i think i'm gonna go with the under construction sign that is the one with the guy with the with the shovel um sure the so classic it's a classic, right? First of all, not no construction person that I've seen on the road has used a shovel since like 1971 or whatever, right? I mean, so that like that it's a little bit outdated, but I I respect that because it's like that says under construction to me that that you have that. Uh, but all of the under construction signs are 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 good, you know, the road work ahead under construction kind of signs are good but there's there's like a little sort of bonus thing that i really like and it's usually not actually with the guy with the shovel that's just happens to be my favorite version of it but a lot of times you'll see like road work ahead or under construction and then below it it'll show like a fine like that you would get if you were speeding through there um you know but it doesn't just say fine five hundred dollars or whatever it says maximum fine Five hundred dollars, right? You've seen those. I, I sure, you, of course. So you're yeah. just going. You're just driving through, and it just says maximum fine five hundred dollars. I love that. I love that they put maximum. Like basically, what they're saying is the most this will cost you is five hundred dollars if you screw this up. Like if you are willing to part with five hundred dollars, drive as fast as you want. That's that's the right. Ma- the absolute. We will not charge you more than five hundred. Why would you do that? Like why would you not just say like minimum fine five hundred dollars. I mean they don't have to know. I mean it feels it feels to me that by saying maximum fine, the first thing you are saying to them is this is this is it. We're not don't worry about it. Beyond this, you're fine. You're fine. This is the absolute maximum. That just seems weird to me. I don't know why they would do that. I like, I like any it. I like any maximum fine uh sign for exactly that reason. It's basically <laughs> saying like, listen guys, <laughs> you know do whatever you want. This is the most we're going to charge you. My dad has a story of a friend of his who uh, was like in Philadelphia and needed to get to New York or something. And he was really late and he had a very important meeting and he had a, he had a Porsche. This is back in the like seventies, I think. And he had like a really souped up Porsche and he, he had like a, a, a you know, a, a three hour drive and he left with like, you know, 80 minutes before he had to be there. And he was like, all right, well, I just have to drive like 110 the whole way. And so he was on the highway and he was just going like 110 miles an hour. 
and a cop and he blew past a, a a speed trap and the cop pulled out and started chasing him and he just basically left the cop in the dust and then his kind of sense of of law abiding overtook him and he slowed down uh after like two minutes and the cop caught up to him and the cop came out and said got to his window he rolled down his window and the officer said why did you stop <laughs> like basically like you you had beaten me like i you were like and he was like i just felt bad and the guy was like look i can't give you a i can't give you a uh, he explained the situation and the cop was like look i can't um give you a, a ticket really because it would be like no one would believe me and it's also embarrassing <laughs> that you out you just outran me but but he gave him some great advice and the advice was just be late to your meeting like you you yeah, might die yeah. It's yeah. not worth dying to make your meetings. Just be late to your meeting. And then the, the guy drove off, which I think is a very good move by the cop. Like, it's probably smart that he did that, you know. It is smart. Um, I, but that's a great way that they should do it. It should say maximum fine, $500, or death. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> yeah. Give also, you might die. Yeah. You also yeah. might die. Like, give them yeah. some sense of that. Uh, I think that would make a lot of sense. Um, with my fourth pick, I'm going. Uh, I'm going with the winding road sign. Okay. Uh, and and the one I'm choosing particularly is the one with maximum squiggles, the most <laughs> squiggly of the squiggly lines, indicating that there's turns ahead. Now there are many versions of this. There's ones with like gentle arcs, right? That's just like a curve. There's there's one, you know. There's uh, uh there's sort of hairpin turn ones. There's sure. There's even a 270-degree uh, loop one that kind of twists around and, and crosses itself. But I like the one that's it squiggles to the right, and then it squiggles to the left, and then it squiggles back to the right. Um, it's just a, it's a great sign. It's basically like you're, you're, this road is insane. That's what it's telling you is this is an insane road. Slow down. Don't be an idiot. Uh, it also is the basis of my favorite part of the movie Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which is an all-time classic movie. <laughs> where Pee-wee's driving his car late at night and he starts seeing, like he sees a sign that has like a curve in it and then he's like getting tired and he sees another sign in the, and then it's that one with like two squiggles and then he's, get, he's falling asleep and then he sees a sign that is so squiggly it like loops around in itself like 15 times and <laughs> goes like in 11 different directions. Uh, it's very funny. But in general, I I like that sign because it's like, the, it's a it's a uh, uh, sort of diamond shaped yellow sign, and the the squiggly line starts at the bottom and goes towards the top, and has an arrow head at the top, and it, it so it squiggles to the right and then back to the left and then back to the right. But the sense that you get is, if the sign were bigger, we would put more squiggles in this. Like we we've run out of room. We've done as many squiggles as we can, but trust me, there's more squiggles. Like the <laughs> this road this road it has more squiggles in it than this sign can allow. Uh, and I feel like anytime you see that sign, you're like, you, you pay attention to that sign. This is like, yes. oh, I, I'm, I'm in trouble here. I need to slow down. Yeah. My favorite part about that sign is that it starts in the center of the bottom of the triangle, right? It, it, like the, like the starting yeah. point is, is right off the, the corner on the bottom. Right. Um, but the at top, it's not at the corner. It's basically going. I mean, it's sort of like almost like looks like it's just gonna run right off the triangle. It's just like right. I mean, off the uh, diamond. It's like yeah, we there's much more trouble ahead. Just just yeah. go really really slow. You know, once I went to um, Turnberry uh, when I was working on my uh, last book, uh, Secret of Golf, uh, and I was staying in Manchester, and so uh, I it was like a I don't know a ninety mile trip or something i can't remember exactly but it was like an hour and a half or something uh drive um and I, they i went in places you know the, i just followed the gps obviously since i can't get around my own neighborhood much less in in england and scotland and i got to some places where the road would like come down to like one road and then it would be like you know squiggly whatever lines and then it would be like yeah, you now have to literally make like a kind of a U-turn and then you come back around and like just squiggled all over the place. And of course, you have to drive on the on the you know wrong side of the road for us. And and I just thought this is this is I'm going to die. I'm just going to die on the way to Turnberry. Um, and and that's how I feel when I see the squiggly line sign. That's yeah. like that's just you might die. Just really just be careful. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> 
All right, my fifth pick, I you know, there's I've got a, a few on the board that I like. Um, but I'm going to go with sort of a it's it's a weird one, but I'm going to go with it cuz it's sort of the most useful one. I like the signs and they're not exactly, I mean they're road signs, I mean, but they're not they're not put up. I don't know who puts them up. But it's the signs where like you'll see like gas ahead and food ahead and lodging. And they have like the little logos of the things that are there. I love those signs. I, nothing makes me happier. I feel so like happy if I pass one of those and there's like seven, you know, different logos on there. And like, I feel like, Oh, I'm somewhere. Look at this. There's like, you know, there's all kinds of, and sometimes they'll put, most of the time you, you go in there and they're the chains and you have Wendy's and McDonald's and, and whatever on there. But every so often you'll have like Bob's barbecue or some sort of weird, like, you know, the, the shack of, you know, of, of corn or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> and I just love that. And, and I, I always say to myself, whenever I see those, like I ought to stop. I had to stop and see the shack of corn, but, but I don't, I, I mean, I rarely do uh, actually do that. Uh, but I love that. I love that. There's sort of, it's like, it's a little bit of free advertising for them. Sort of the most effective advertising because they're basically saying, yeah, turn off here and you come down right to us. Um, but it's such a great service. Like, Oh, is this a good exit to go? Let's find out. And, and those, some things are there. I love those signs. So that'll be my fifth. I don't even know what they're called, but I like those signs. The Shack of Corn. <laughs> that was the name of the fictional yeah, restaurant, local, the local I, chain that you came up with. What was, what state are you in? Are you, I guess you're in Iowa, maybe. Iowa. I don't think it's fictional. I think I've seen a Shack of Corn. The Shack of Corn. The shack Not the Corn Shack. They call no, it the no, Shack the of Corn. Well, I think the person who did that uh, in this fictional dream of my own um, thought Corn Shack sounded too ordinary, so they went. Shack of corn. The shack of corn, yeah. Well, it's either that or the corn shack already existed, and then what happened was there was a falling out. It was a family-run business. There was a falling out, and then one of the sisters left and started a competing chain called the shack of corn. The shack of corn, absolutely, yeah. which I think is probably superior because she had the recipes. She had, like, the true— oh, I see. Yeah. She was the she was the real brains behind the corn shack. Without her, corn shack is doomed. Shack of corn is where it's at. If you want to invest— in a, in a local Iowa roadside chain, I would go Shack of Corn. Shack of Corn, no question about it. Um, all right, I'm going to go. Uh, this is a little bit of a cheat, and Goodell's going to find me, but it's okay. I'm I'm going with the. Um, I was going to go with the the classic red, white, and blue interstate highway sign. Yes. You know, it's got the it's a shield shape. Uh, it's got the red at the top with the word interstate, and then there's a blue bottom, and then there's letter, white letters, and it's, you know, just Interstate Highway 22 or whatever, 6, 18, 5, because um, I love that. It's very iconic, and it's very it, – it feels like you're on a road trip, and you're heading out on, uh, you know, you're going to go see the Grand Canyon or something. But I'm going to go a little more specific. I'm going to go with the state highway sign, which wow. is usually which is usually black and white, and the reason I'm doing it is because – the state highway signs get to personalize their highway signs with usually with the outline of the state. So for like on the Wikipedia page for Alabama highway 21 or Arkansas route eight or whatever, it's a, it's a square sign. But then within that, the white that creates the sort of uh, negative space for the number of the highway is the outline of the state that you're in. And it's really cool because it, you know, not all of them have a sort of shape that can fit on a square sign, but many of them do. And then the ones who don't come up with other clever ways to kind of uh, to kind of brand their state, like the Michigan ones just have an M at the top. And the Florida one has sort of the outline of the like north and east and uh, sides of Florida yeah. uh, drawn in and stuff. And it's just very cool. And it it it's it, it, a slightly more specific way to sort of track your progress is if you drive cross countries you get to see those little individualized state highway signs and they're really cool and they're they are in their own way very iconic and very sort of uh, uh american and i i just love the i love the like specificity of e- how each state does it so i'm going with the state highway sign i i don't think i don't i mean goodell hates you so he might find you for that but i don't think that's a 
That's a perfectly legitimate road sign. Now, you don't have to pick one. I think they're all good. You know, my favorite one, of course, because I lived there, was the uh, Kansas state sign. It's like a little sunflower. Yes, like they, beautiful. That's, that's just wonderful. And they just, you know, and it's, I love that they have the freedom to do that. So, you you know, because because honestly, that it's a little bit rigid on the interstate signs. I mean, I, mean, it is, I do like the the red and blue and white and and the way that they're shaped and the shield and all that but you kind of it's it's pretty much you know it's a federal thing so you pretty much yeah. have to go with the same thing i like letting states do what they need to do i respect that i do I too it's cool i will say the alabama thing is weird though with that little hooky thing at the bottom of the state that it's weird looking see i think it's cool it's like it's a, cool. It's, I, respect yeah. it. I mean that's what the shape of the state is it's cool but like tennessee right. which is obviously very long and thin they just they put a tennessee shape at the bottom of their sign which is cool yes, you know like it's cool. not the whole sign it's just the it's the bottom of it yeah it's, i like it i i i think it's a very very good pick um all right was was there a sign that you missed that you that you really wanted to get well, we left a lot on the board here. We did. I mean, we really no one did. picked yield, which is a pretty. That's Yield's like another. A that was really my going to be my next pick. A solid like left guard, you know, <laughs> uh, yield. And the, and the other two that I wanted to pick or thought about picking were no U turn, which is great, uh, and one way because I yes. <clears throat> I like one way for the same reason I like wrong way, which is it it has an implied comma idiot after it, right? <laughs> it's like. It's like you're going the wrong way. This is a one-way street, dummy. Like, but I, I think wrong way kind of takes care of one way for me. I would agree with that. I do like one way a lot. I really like yield. I think yield is so good because yield is the polite stop sign, right? Because right. basically it's like saying, look, if nobody's around, you just go. Don't worry about it. But there's another car it'd be really nice of you to yield like that's yeah that's it's very polite it's definitely the most polite of all of the of all of the stop signs right it's like the yield the implied thing on the yield sign is please right exactly just do me a favor (laughs) just do me a favor and just yield here (laughs) look the other guy's a jerk okay so he's gonna go you just yield for him just be be the bigger man here okay (laughs) just just be the be the adult and let the other guy go (laughs) <laughs> that would be so awesome. Be the bigger man, yield. That sign. <laughs> I am totally petitioning somebody. I don't know who that is, but that is that is the greatest sign idea ever. We also right. nobody picked nobody picked speed limit. No, no, yeah, we didn't pick I, speed you know limit. What? Which I, is like I, I, I don't like speed limit. I don't like it's not nothing against the sign itself. But I thought about it. To me, speed limit is like a baseball radio announcer calling the score. It's like if you know the score, the radio announcer seems to say it 17 times a minute, right? He's like, right. Every, you're on Dodgers every minute, you know. Um, but if you don't know the score, they go like forever without telling you the score. Same right. thing with, with those signs. Like if you know the speed limit, they're, the, you know, one after another after another. If you don't and you're like, hey, what's the speed limit here? You can go miles and there's no stupid speed limit sign. So I'm, I'm down on the speed limit. I also think that it's uh, the reason I didn't want to pick it is because it's too common. They're just there because yeah. they, they keep having to put them up every time the speed limit changes, you know? So like the the only cool thing about the speed limit is if you're driving, if you're, if you're driving in the, usually like in the Western half of the country, uh, especially up North, like, you know, West of Minnesota, uh, if you get into the Dakotas or you get into Wyoming, or, uh, you know, places like that, you see signs, you see speed limit signs you've never seen before. Cause yeah. you start to see like, 75 then you'll see like 80 85 like you'll start to see like crazy ones and that's pretty exciting um but uh but in general they're they're like they're sort of like uh they're just too common they're everywhere yeah i agree i i when i went to i guess was formula one race in austin wherever that track is there's like a long straightaway leading up to that track like several miles long and it was speed limit 85 that's in texas uh, the first time I've ever seen an 85 mile an hour speed limit. And yeah, that was exciting. That's, yeah. you know, that's really, really cool. But that's, you know what that is? That's like, uh, you know, seeing a wild pitch on an intentional walk. And like it happens, <laughs> but it's only every few years you actually get to see it. I like the end. I like the end speed limit sign. I do like those. Like it, like, like it's a 35 and then, and then it goes back up to 55 and you'll see that little end 35 mile an hour. I do like those signs. Like they're, I don't understand them though. What's the point? <laughs> just put up a speed limit sign with the new speed limit. You don't have to no, tell me that it's over. 
I just like that they do tell you that it's over. It's like it's like those signs. It's a welcome, you know, welcome to Phoenix, and then you know the signs that say thank you for visiting Phoenix. I like that. They're like, yeah, you know what? You've been through the thirty-five mile an hour zone. It's over now. You can go back to your. It's like life. a. It's like a handshake. It's like okay, you're done. Thank you <laughs> for your service. Service exactly. <laughs> All right, it's it's time for one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing. It's one last meaningless thing. Sports and we draft things we know, like how beaches are terrible places to go. No hot fruit for Michael, nor Diet Coke for Joe. The podcast whoa—it's one last whoa. And I believe that I have the. Uh, first pick is that right i, I, I think first. i can't I, remember I, I think i go first i think so go I ahead went first last time so um I, I have a very specific uh one last meaningless thing which i think is very meaningless uh but i've determined that it actually is meaningful uh in in a way so it's it's a little bit of cheating the meaningless thing that that i want to say is i hate 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 parking a car i i just i've de- determined that in the in the scope of my daily life uh the thing that i despise the most is trying to find a parking spot and and parking a car like that is the one thing in my daily life that drives me insane that that feeling of not being able to find a spot that driving in circles thing it it turns me into a whole different person i it it so infuriates me. And I don't think that's right. It shouldn't do that to me, but it does. And and I'm you know and I'm, look if I have to just park a car at the grocery store or whatever and there's spots, it, I don't care about that. It, I don't mind the actual uh, you know action of parking the car. But often, very often, uh, you know, I go to places where you you have to find a parking spot and there are no parking spots and you got to drive around the corner. You got to wait for people. That process just sets me off to to a degree that I'm embarrassed about. I just so hate parking a car. Um, so that's the meaningless thing. The meaningful thing that I thought about is I live a very lucky life that that's the most like annoying thing in my life. That's <laughs> it's, it's it's you know I I I am could not possibly be luckier that when people say like what what really bothers you about your life and I say parking a car that's that's pretty good. I, I, well, the I mean, that, that's that, the worst thing, you know? That should be a blanket statement for <laughs> all of these things, right? Is that the, 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 the ability to find these things meaningless and to take time out of our lives to talk about them yes. is a sign of extreme good fortune on both of our parts. That should be, we should have made a blanket statement about that <laughs> years ago. I mean, really, before, the, before we ever started doing this podcast. <laughs> this, is, this is all a sign that we are incredibly fortunate in our lives that we can uh, waste time like this. Um, yes. So consider that a retroactive blanket statement and then a blanket statement going forward from here. Um, my meaningless thing is uh, simply that the uh, the keyless entry system for hotel rooms um, all over uh, our great nation uh, they work. I don't know forty percent of the time. <laughs> would you say they key, 40, if you get it, forty to forty five percent of the 40 time? Forty to forty five percent of the time, and like and and I understand it's a better system probably ultimately than actually having a key yeah. that you put into a, a lock and turn it. Because uh, that's annoying, and I'm sure they were losing the keys all the time and whatever. But if you put a key into a door, it opens the door. It's a successful <laughs> transaction. And those keys, and they're like, and they, they give you the the warnings. And this is at every hotel chain, from the lowest on the ladder to the very highest uh, quality. They say, uh, oh, okay, here's the key uh, to your room. Now, uh, if don't put it near your uh, phone because it'll demagnetize it, and keep it away from your credit cards, and don't. Uh, put it in direct sunlight, and if you get it wet, then it won't work anymore. And if you uh, have had orange juice in the last 24 hours, it'll <laughs> demagnetize the card. And keep it away from most uh, wild flora and fauna. And uh, don't use a telephone near it, a uh, landline or a cell phone. <laughs> and if it comes uh, within uh, 20 meters of, uh, of uh, silicon, 
it'll, it won't work. But here you go. Enjoy your stay with us. And then it never, it just never works. And the feeling of getting up to your room oh. and putting it up to the thing and then having the little yellow light flash <laughs> instead of the green light. And then like, what do I do? And then you try it like 50 times and then you find a phone and you call down and they send a new one up. It's just, it's a, it's a system that should be better than it is at this point, I think. No, I could not possibly agree with you more. And, and one of the worst, uh, you know, parts of no travel itself is just, it's when you're young, it's really cool because you're willing to put up with anything just to go places, just to be somewhere, you know, that's awesome. Uh, but the older you get and the more you travel, the more of a pain it becomes. And that feeling when you look, cause you're right, you do it like 50 times. Cause you're like, please don't let this yeah. key not to work. Please just, just, I just want it to work. And I mean, as far as the f- calling down on the phone, I mean, most hotels don't even have that anymore. They don't have phones. Yeah. Like, and you got to trek all the way back. And sometimes that's just, you know, just taking an elevator right down. But sometimes they put you like in the West Wing, you know, like in Beauty yeah. and the Beast. You're out in the middle of nowhere. And you go, oh, yeah, well, go ahead and walk another mile back, carrying your bags and doing all that. Again, again, pretty good life that that's the worst yeah. thing that would happen to you that day. But it is a pain. It's a pain. And you're right. I mean, you know, I don't know if you know this, um, but I'm doing a book about Harry Houdini. I don't know. If oh, you, you hadn't mentioned that. No. Yeah, that's no, interesting. I, I thought I'd mention that to you. Um, keys and locks. I'm just looking at that and like that. You know what? That's still a good system. That sort of still works. I, I don't I, I realize that, you know, people lose keys and nobody remembers them. And but it feels to me like you could use some version of the lock and key system so that 100% of the time you get to the door, you should be able to open it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if again, every hotel, I'm not, I'm not talking about like fancy hotels. I'm talking about every hotel. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there weren't a, a completely new system sometime in the next five years. Like it's just like a, like a, 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 a text message that you have on your phone that somehow you know, links up to a system inside the the door that unlocks it or something. You know what I mean? Like there, there'll be some, there'll be some app or something that just gives you access because it's just too annoying and they must be annoyed by it too. Right. It's like, it doesn't make their, the, their customers happy and they, it's a, it's a pain in the butt for everybody. So I, I would, here's, here's the true meaningless thing. The true meaningless thing is within five years, there will be a new system for entry into all manner of hotel rooms from the least expensive to the most expensive. That's it's my a, prediction. It's a meaningless prediction. I mean, that's, we've, that's taken this whole thing to a whole other level. Yeah. That's a, that maybe we should do two segments at the end of every one of these, the meaningless thing and a meaningless prediction. We're not, we're not making our people suffer enough. That we're is, not making said, our, these, <laughs> these podcasts aren't long enough. That's that's what really what the feedback we've gotten. All right. Well, this is great. This is we we made it through another one of these. We did indeed. So, as always, thank you. As always, thanks for having me. <laughs>